Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, Episode 27 with Amy Learn. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. All right, it's time to get going. I'm really pleased to introduce this week's guest, Amy Learn. Amy grew up on a farm in Iowa along with her twin. After attending college in Minnesota, her sister headed west and Amy headed toward the eastern coast of the U.S., then, in 2010, Amy felt called to step into missions, and she's now ministering in Cambodia. Okay, Amy, I've given just a little introduction. Why don't you take a minute and tell us about yourself and your ministry? We'd like to get to know you personally. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I've been in Cambodia now for just over two years, and um, before I moved here, like God did a lot in me and led me to Southeast Asia um, because I always felt called to Africa. And when I was in Africa, God was like, no, you're going to Southeast Asia. And so that was sort of a surprise and a shock because when I came here the first time, I told God I would never, ever come back. And yeah, so it's been over <clears throat> two and a half, well, almost two and a half years. And yeah, so um, the ministry I work with is um, Iris Cambodia. And um, we're in Phnom Penh and Scenicville. We have two teams, but I'm based in Phnom Penh, the capital city. And um, yeah, there it's a city of over 3,000 um, NGOs or mission organizations. Um, and we work specifically with young boys who are being abused or um, potentially trafficked or um, yeah, just in problems with their families or in situations that aren't um, good for them, and as well as the women that are working in the bars. Um, and we work specifically in one area of the city. So, um, but our our main, um, yeah, our main thing is relationships. We're building relationships and just connecting with other NGOs, um, the people that really need. Uh, extra care and um, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been an interesting journey while we learn the language and um, try to adapt to a new culture and all that stuff. So, Okay. And also, before we move on a little bit further, I'd like to hear a little bit about what life is like for you, because, mm -hmm. you know, there's a wide range of 
missionary experiences, you know, everything from what you'd think of as the deepest, darkest jungle to people who are literally in what we would consider a developed country where everything is similar to where they may, may have come from. So what's life like for you? Well, Phnom Penh is a large city, um, but it's not like cities in America like Washington, D.C., where I was living. Um, it's really dirty and um, motos and the traffic is crazy. Um, it's kind of like a fishbowl because there's no real laws or rules that are ab abided by. And so you kind of just move with the flow of traffic. And yeah, that's interesting every day. Um, but it's, yeah, it, the people are amazing here. They're so welcoming and, you know, you can build a relationship on a smile and um, people are so willing to share so much of themselves that when we have learned the language and stuff, they are really open and really willing to share their stories and stuff like that. And you can, I mean, in this area, we we live in um, just a, a house and it's surrounded by a bunch of families and different homes, but we also have a, a small slum that's next to us and the children come and play in our in our car park every day if, we're, if we allow them to. And um, yeah, so it's, it's usually really loud and usually you hear chanting and stuff from the monks and yeah it's definitely Asian culture and yeah so we've been getting used to it and like I said the people are amazing here so all right and thanks for sharing that with us mm -hmm. now that we know you a little bit can you share with us a, a scripture or maybe a motivational quote that's really been meaningful to you and then share with us how that scripture or quote has really shaped your behavior yeah, I mean, I think it changes all the time, but the one that has been with me the most recently is Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3, and it says, um, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on solid ground and studied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed, and they will put their trust in the Lord. And the reason that that one has been so important to me is that um, for the last few months, I've just been like in a really hard place, actually, because my father passed away on Christmas morning. Mm. And after being home for three and a half months with my mom, um, God called me back um, to Cambodia because he said my my ministry was to continue. And since entering back into the spiritual atmosphere here, it's it's a really difficult atmosphere. And just the, the spirits that are over this city and over the, the lives of the people that we work with and just the visitors even that come to Phnom Penh, it's been like a really dark time. And I just feel like God has lifted me out of that, that dark place through the grieving and all that stuff that I was doing and, and dealing with and trying to then re-enter into something that felt all new again, like new ministry, new team, new environment compared to what America is like. And and yeah, so he's he waited for me to be ready to be pulled out and then he just put me on solid ground. So it's been something that I've held on to for a long time because I, I believed that he could do it, but it just didn't feel like it at the time. Wow, that's a powerful scripture and a powerful story. Mm -hmm. Amy, thanks again so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's a really powerful story, and it reminds us that our lives aren't always just up on the mountaintop, that we also do have sometimes those valley experiences and the experience of climbing up the mountain as well. As we mm-hmm. get started, we'd like to hear about a time in your journey when you encountered a significant challenge or a failure, maybe a time when your back was against the wall or maybe a time when you were praying for somebody else. Paint us that picture of God's faithfulness. Well, when we were first starting out in ministry here, um, it had been a few months and we were working with the women in the bars and just like building relationships because we didn't really have anyone like we were pioneering the base here. So there was no one here before us. So we were just like really going low and slow and just trying to develop relationships, but not speaking the language at all, really, just basic phrases and just sitting with women. And it was on Halloween. So, you know, it's like make a a dark place feel darker by throwing some ghosts and like (laughs) spider webs and stuff up. It was a very interesting night. And um, yeah, we hadn't seen any of the women really open or accepting, you know, we were just trying to be friends with them and love them and and show Christ to them um, without like preaching to them because some of them don't even know who Jesus is. And um, yeah, we were worshiping above the area that we minister in. And um, we were, I was feeling attacked physically and, and I knew I needed to go out. And so we were going to give a Bible to one of the girls that we knew and going to this bar that we normally go to all the time. Well, all of these men just piled in and we were like, what is going on? And, and God really was like, I, I showed you a bar and he had showed me like a month or two before that, this bar that I had never gone to two doors up from there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't actually know it was a bar until some of our teammates went to look for it because I was like, it's two doors away. I don't know what it is that we need to go look at. And so we went into this bar and all the women had like drawings on their faces for Halloween and, and I saw this girl who um, had a cross, and I, and I had just like failed miserably trying to speak to this one girl because she didn't understand any of my little Kamai <laughs> or English. And so I was like, oh man, God, like, can you show me someone? And then I saw the cross on her face. And I was like, are you a Christian? And she knew a little bit of English. And she said, yes. And um, so we, you know, we went back and forth. And it felt easy, so I knew God was really working in that conversation. And, um, yeah, we got to the point where I prayed for her, and she um, had been working there for only a couple months, but um, we prayed together, and then I told her I would call her. Well, we went back, like, a week later, and she wasn't working anymore. And I called her again and was like, oh, you stopped working, and she said yes. And she told me that, Um, she had prayed that morning that someone would come to help her. And we walked in the door that Mm. night and it was just like, you know, God had given us direction and he was just waiting until the right time to show us when to go. And, you know, although she came out of the bar, the, the prison she faced outside the bar was almost worse than what was inside. But what God really showed me was that it's not, what we're doing isn't about taking them out of the the job. It's about the the life that they're leading and supporting them in all aspects of it, whether they agree with what we're doing or, you know, or they actually listen to us. It's just like sitting with them, hearing what they feel and trying to walk with them through everything. And it's been, it's been a journey for sure. And I've known her almost two years now. So 
I'm still, I know her and her family, but it's not been the easiest journey, but God is really good. And, you know, she really believes in God and she prays so diligently and wholeheartedly to God. And so like, even in the hard places, God leads us to the ones who already know him. And it's been amazing to see that. Wow. That's great. It sounds, Mm -hmm. it sounds really challenging to be honest. It sounds hard. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I I think it's great that God has you doing that, that he's equipped you to do that. Uh, With that, we're going to move to the other end of the spectrum. Just like we all Mm -hmm. have challenges, there are also those times when God reveals something to us. Um, Can you share with us a story of a time in your journey when that happened? Maybe Maybe there's a moment in your journey when it seemed like God sort of parted the heavens and revealed something huge to you, or maybe there was a, a time when you just realized that God had been revealing something to you over time. Take it, take it back, take us back to that moment, and then share with us what you've done to take what God showed you and turn that into something that, that He has called you to do. Yeah, I think, man, there's so many times that God shows us things that we're not always ready to hear or listen to, and... Um, you know, God speaks to us all in different ways. And so like, that's one of the things that I've learned is that even the people on my team don't hear from God the same. Like I have dreams all the time, but not everybody has dreams. And, you know, um, even when we share things, like sometimes people won't receive it as well either. Like it's a revelation that God gives us, but sometimes doesn't make sense to others. And I think that's also like a thing that we can't allow ourselves to feel rejected or anything like that because it's something God's entrusted us with. And, you know, he showed me even with other believers, like they don't always really understand if it's like something that doesn't make sense or if you're praying about something and you have uh, some words of knowledge or even pictures or visions that don't seem to line up and maybe they, you know, don't really see where it's going. And so there's sometimes uh, misunderstanding or even feelings of rejection. But like, what's amazing is that God uses us all differently and shows us things in such different ways that, I mean, I'm always amazed by that. And I'm also amazed at how how humble God can make you when you have to learn another language. (laughs) So because you think you're doing well and then you go and try and speak what you've learned and you're like, oh, I don't really know anything, you know? And so, yeah, I think it's like always a journey. And yeah, and I, and I also like, even with that, like learning the language, like God uses us, but he doesn't need us to do the work that he can do with a word. And so I feel like there's always revelation coming. And yeah, I think if we sit to think about it all, it's, it's a lot, um, but it's really cool that God does give us things to make us see things differently or just even learn about ourselves in, in the journey that he places us in. So, Well, that's good, and thank you so much for reminding us that God does speak to us in different ways. You know, um, it, can, it can be easy to think that God should talk to everyone the same, you know, that the intellectual mm-hmm. person could look at the emotional person and go, well, I don't, I don't care what you feel. What, what is God mm-hmm. showing you in your mind? And the emotional person could look back. So it's good to hear that because we do forget that other people aren't like who we are. That, mm-hmm. I, I, really, I really thank you for sharing that. With that, we're going to go ahead and move to the present day. We'd like to hear something that's going on in, in your ministry, maybe something that's exciting you, maybe something that you see coming in the future. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, just this last week, we were um, we we work with children in this center that come from areas that are the families that are poor and don't have access to education. And we've partnered with another organization called XP Missions. And they have an education program that they've set up. And since we have a relationship with the children already, we've linked some of them with the education program that aren't already in school that really we feel would do well and, you know, have such a future on their lives that we've partnered with them and got them interviews and just connected to this organization. Well, I got to go and tell two of the young girls. I took the staff member from the organization who was interviewing them, and I took him to meet the families, and um, the little girls came running over and were so excited. They're like, we get to go to school? And it was like the joy on their faces. I mean, it made me feel so happy that, you know, I'm not even doing anything. I'm just there, (laughs) like, connecting them, but to see that, they're so excited that they can go to school and their parents were like, we don't have any money. And I was like, but that doesn't matter. That's, that's not why we're here. It's like, there's this opportunity that they can go to school and education can break the cycle of poverty and, you know, give these children an opportunity for a future. And, you know, some of these families live on the streets and these two girls actually live by, they live along the road next to the temples here. And so their families are some of the poorest ones and, you know, their families can't support them. So they are even excited about the opportunity that their children can go to school. So that that was really cool. Well, that's great. And mm-hmm. if you don't mind, I'd like to vary a little bit from the questions that I've, yeah. I've sent you because you said something that really keyed something in me. And it was about mm-hmm. this partnership between organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how it is everywhere, but it can sometimes seem like churches or ministries are sort of building their own kingdom. And Mm -hmm. that I don't want to say that God can't call multiple organizations to do the same kind of thing in the same area, because I recognize that they can. But I'm just wondering, from your perspective, what could be accomplished if we started looking outside our ability to do something and looking for the people that are already doing something that we can't do to Mm -hmm. minister to the people God's called us to minister to? Yeah, I think like even just as a like if you think of the body as a you know the church as a body like if you were taking everybody with you and like coming together, NGOs and organizations should be doing that as well. And I and we've had um, problems with some of the organizations here, but there's some of us with the same vision. And why couldn't you join forces and be a stronger unit if you come together, and you know sometimes they don't have the capacity to take on some of the cases or even some of the clients that we would send their way. They just don't have the financial support or, you know, the means to do it. But like, even we pray together and we have worship nights together and we just come together and, you know, do that together because that also changes the atmosphere and partnering with this other NGO has been, you know, they're already in the process of having, um, buildings set up for women they also have like a guest house that's coming along you know and so if we don't have that why can't we come alongside them and you know because they already have established that and you know they're also working with us because they know we have relationships as well so I mean it just it makes everything easier I think if people you know if you have the same vision why not try to do it together instead of trying to do it on your own it 
doesn't really make any sense to me. Yeah, man, I am so excited to hear about that. That is just, in, in my mind, that's amazing. It's not something I'd been thinking about when we were preparing for this interview, but mm-hmm. I just think that is so cool. Uh, we do need yeah. to move along, though, because I do want to be yeah. sensitive to your time. Um, mm-hmm. And so moving on to the next question, we do, we do recognize that not everybody's called to vocational ministry. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. our audience is primarily made up of people who are operating in the marketplace, maybe some people that are starting to feel called to missions, but largely people who don't necessarily feel called, especially to long-term overseas missions. What mm-hmm. would you say to somebody who's feeling called to the marketplace, but they're starting to wonder if what they do in business really matters in the kingdom? Yeah, I mean, I think God can use us anywhere. And um, even, I mean, I think there's so many people that don't see the value in the jobs that they're doing as far as, like, they think they need to go somewhere to do the work. Mm. Um, You know, I have a friend who's a judge, and I was like, God's given you the authority and the position to do so much in these people's lives. And, you know, like as a Christian, even to stand for the things that God stands for and stuff like that. It's like, you know, people, God uses that as well. And even the people that we work with, like that's a mission field as well, you know, cause God calls us to love and to like show him who he is. So, you know, I don't think it has to be in another nation or, or far away from where you're living or even a different job. Like, I mean, God gives us people every day to, like, love and go after for Him. And so, yeah. And and also in our audience, I'm sure that there are some people who are already supporting missionaries, either Mm -hmm. financially or in prayer, but they really want to start stepping up their game. If if you were talking to them and they said, hey, what can I do to really level up my game? What's one thing you might suggest they do to encourage or support a missionary? I mean sending encouragement i think you know words have power like everybody knows but like just having the knowledge that people are supporting you from back home and even with just like words or of knowledge or encouraging bible passages or something that you've learned like it's it's always nice i i feel it's always nice to hear that from other people cuz you know sometimes we're working here but we don't always know what's going on at home or like in the people that, you know, that do support us on a financial or prayer level. Like we just don't always know about that. And I, I mean, for me, I think encouragement or even just letters, like, (laughs) yeah, it's simple, but for me, that's important. Okay, Amy. With that, it is time for us to transition into the speed round. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back with amazing answers. Does that sound like a plan? (laughs) Well, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) What's one thing you wish you would have known before you started out? Um, How valuable rest is. And, you know, it's not all, you know, we can't do, do, do as missionaries or even just in daily lives. We need to rest in the presence of God and, and, and refuel ourselves so that we can be the best and do the best that we can do when we're actually working. Wow, that's good. That's actually something that God is continually revealing to me as well. So I I really appreciate you sharing that. Mm -hmm. What's the best advice you've ever received? Well, um, go low and slow because it, yeah, it takes a long time to do, to build relationships, to do the ministry, to learn a language go low and go slow. Okay. 
And can you share one of your personal habits that you strongly believe contributes to the success you've seen? Well, I mean, I think in relationships, uh, I'm very intentional with what I say or do. And I go at, like I go after the quiet children or the women that don't seem as outgoing um, because I am more of the quiet type and I like to sit back. And I was that kind of child when I was younger. Um, but they, you know, they need someone to pull that out of them because I know that they have it. So that's what I tend to do. Okay. Do you have an Internet resource that you use and could share with our listeners? <laughs> no. I... Uh, yeah, I, I don't spend tons of time on the internet using different things. Um, yeah. I suspected that might be the case. <laughs> What's one book you'd recommend for our listeners? Um, Compelled by Love. Okay. It's by Heidi Baker. Yeah. Good. And for those who are listening, all of this will be available in the show notes. We'll have links to everything, and that will be at engagingmissions.com slash Learn. Now, Amy, we're going to go a little bit deeper with these last couple of mm -hmm. questions. Uh, we're going to start focusing on your perspective and some ministry advice, because this is our opportunity to really learn from your experiences. Okay. All right. What would you tell someone who's living in the U.S. or in North America, and they're looking around and realizing that they have the opportunity to minister the love of Christ to a neighbor or a coworker whose heritage is from another culture? Yeah, I... I would say, like, don't be afraid because they're just like us. They're a person who wants someone to even just ask questions or sit with them to find out what their life was like or if they were from another country or even just a different ethnicity. Like, we we need to find out more so that we can be more open and, you know, not so quick to judge or so quick to think, oh, they wouldn't want to speak to me or, you know, they don't have time for me. It's not true. Okay. Now, imagine you woke up tomorrow morning. It's mm -hmm. your first day of ministry in a brand new country where you don't really know anybody from that country. You have mm -hmm. all your experience and knowledge and your food and shelter are covered. But the only thing that we might think of as a resource that you have beyond that is a laptop and $500 US. What do you do mm -hmm. for the next seven days? Well, since food and shelter are covered, that's a pretty big deal. So I would just go sit with the people and try to learn from them so that I would better understand where I was and the culture that I was surrounded by. Okay. Now, we're almost done, Amy. Would you share mm -hmm. with us just one last piece of advice and then the best way for someone to get connected with you? Then we'll say goodbye. Okay. Yeah, the, the thing that I would say is that everybody needs love, and so... Just go be that love for them. Okay. And is there a way for people to connect with you? Yeah, through email. Um, you know, what I'm thinking is that I might just put up a, uh, a contact form on the website so I'm not publishing okay. that publicly. Oh, is yeah, that okay with you? Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, and thanks so much for being with us, Amy. We really appreciate your time and all that you brought to the table today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Amy Learn for making time to do this. I know that it can be challenging to take time out of your day as a missionary where you're ministering to people all day long to take time to do something like this, and I really appreciate her doing that. As I mentioned before, all of the notes and links to all of the resources and everything we talked about will be available at engagingmissions.com slash amylearn 
or slash 27, as in the number 27. One thing I'd like to ask from you is if there was something that Amy shared in this week's interview, or maybe a question that spoke to you, or maybe just something that you think that you'd like for me to know about the show, it'd be great if you could leave that as a comment at on the show notes. And that again is at engagingmissions.com slash amylearn or 27. Of course, you can always send me feedback by emailing feedback at engagingmissions.com. And I'm certainly open to having you do that. I'd love to hear from you. If there's something that's a little too personal or maybe something that you don't want to be public, that would be a great way to get that information to me. But I'd still really love to have those comments. One thing I did want to mention that I haven't brought up in a while, but I did want to make you aware of, is I have a free resource guide that I've put together. It's something that I'd like to be able to give you. It's a one-page summary of 10 things that 10 missionaries do to make sure that they're focusing on the things that are the most important in their life and ministry. If you'd like to get that, stop by engagingmissions.com slash free. Now, that will be something where you put in your email address. It does subscribe you to the newsletter, but of course, you can unsubscribe at any time if you don't want to get that. Uh, But I'd like to get that into your hands. So that, again, is engagingmissions.com slash free. If you like this show, if it speaks to you, Whether you're a first-time listener or you've been a subscriber since the very beginning, one other thing that you could really do is help us spread the word. If you share this with a friend or a coworker or a family member who you think might be interested, you never know what might come of that, what seed might be sown into their lives, and what connection might come out of that. Of course, you can share it by email or by social media. Uh, Word of mouth is an amazing way to get this out. Another thing that you can do, if you haven't already, is leave a a rating and a review in iTunes or on Stitcher. iTunes is the one I tend to focus on because they get so much traffic, and doing that really helps us get visibility on the iTunes store. That helps other people hear what these missionaries are sharing, missionaries like Amy Learn and any of the other 26 guests that we've had so far. If you've never done that, it can seem a little bit daunting. It is a little bit challenging, but it's really only a couple steps. And once you know how to do it, it's super simple. I have a quick video for you at engagingmissions.com slash iTunes if you're interested. Just head on over there, check out the video. There's a link to take you directly to where you need to go. From that link, you can subscribe to the show in iTunes to make sure you never miss an episode, as well as leaving a rating and review. If you do that, I'd really appreciate it. It does help us get the word out. And finally, I don't think that I could possibly say this enough. I'm so thankful that you're here with me, with us, as part of this. It means a lot to me to know that you're here, whether you're connected to Amy and you just stopped by to listen to this episode, or whether you've been subscribed. It really does mean a lot. I really appreciate that you're here. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.